Coming up on this week's edition of the Smitty and Mitty Show. Mitty goes solo with our interview this week as he talks to Tyson Shushkowicz, uh, editor with the Jays Journal. Plus Blue Jays and World Juniors on the back half of the show. And now... Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? Start your engines! 90% of the time, I have no idea what I'm talking about. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. The show that's got everyone saying... You're so dumb, for real. With Smitty. What you just said is one of the most idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. And Smitty. I've been in this business 15 years. What's your name? you. That's my name. This is the Smitty Mini Show. Smitty Mini Show back here for episode 101 on the TSMS Radio Network Smitty Mini Show podcast. Noah Smith, Tyler Middleton, another week of mediocre sports talk here. Thank you for tuning in. It's a pleasure to have your ears for the next hour of your time. Mr. Smith, it's great to see you through the screen. I missed you this week. How, uh, well, first, let's do this. Singer sponsors, Dave Middleton, Sunlight Financial, Life is Brighter, Under the Sun, Gold Line Curling, the choice of champions. If you're listening to this on Saturday, which would be CFOS or the podcast, I guess. St. Mary's or, Radio. Or uh, St. Mary's Radio. You have the opportunity to head down to the Pearson soccer fields in Port Elgin, Ontario, to check out the Jack Jury Memorial Dirt Bowl. It is a flag football event happening right now as we speak on the Saturday. So make sure you head down there, check out some amazing flag football, head on down to the Queen's Bar and Grill for dinner and raffle support, an amazing cause. Uh, these guys have been very good to us, and they are some uh, some very good friends to the Smitty and Mitty Show. So please get out, show your support. They are ongoing right now. So as you mentioned, go check it out if you can. So uh, we got an exciting show this week. You had a chance to do an interview on your own. I couldn't make it to the interview time slot. So uh, we'll play that interview in just a little bit. We'll talk about some Blue Jays, uh, some Hockey Canada World Juniors on the back end of the show. But first of all, we only have a couple of minutes here before we got to get into the interview. And I wanted to ask you, we, as we record this and as this goes to air, are one week away from your wedding date. Are you ready? Are you excited? Are you nervous? These are the questions we must ask. So I'll go quickly through one. Am I nervous? No, I want to get it over with. I'm excited to go have some fun. And I can't believe it's only a week away. Um, two, everything's all paid up now. We're ready to go. So I don't have to stress about if we're going to have enough money to pay for it. Uh, so that's nice. So there's that stress gone for me. My main stress is coming from when I went to a bachelor party with one of the guys in my uh, wedding party. I would say it was about a month and a half ago was when I had COVID. So a while ago, I, ca I caught it from there. Uh, we were at a bachelor party in Niagara and I, after a couple wobbly pops, allowed them to give me a mohawk. And Kara was pretty upset about it, obviously so. And my hair is not fully grown back. And I do not know if it will get to a point where it will look good, where I can spike it uh, for the wedding. So I think I underestimated how fast my hair can grow and don't tell Kara, but I'm kind of worried that it's not going to look its absolute best come wedding day. So that's where my main stress comes. I don't know if I could just close my eyes and push like a silly putty doll, but uh, I need some hair to grow. So, so, so somebody give me some help on how to grow hair. You know how to grow hair in less than a week. Your help is needed right now because eh, it's not too bad. You do, probably not much style you can do to that though, but it's, you can no longer see the Mohawk, which is good. Well, I'm going to go for a little bit. I'm going to go get my side shaved down and get it faded to the top. So it would at least look presentable. It's it's, I, I just like to spike it at the front and right now it's way too short to even attempt to spike. So I um, wish I, I have buyer's remorse on the Mohawk. <laughs> We got an exciting weekend, though. We got some golf going on Friday, and then, of course, the wedding on Saturday. So uh, some hungover Smitty and Midiots will be uh, looking for autographs, I'm sure, on Sunday morning as we make our way around. So I'm excited. It's going to be so fun. Who? Wait, who do you think is going to be looking for an autograph? I don't know. We had all this talk about possibly doing some live show from the wedding. Fiance shut that down, of course, but... Uh, no, it wasn't even a light. Look, I wanted to just put a camera up so people could do their, like... 
like I, I, I don't know. I wanted people to go welcome to this mini mini show by like late on Saturday night, so that we could use some of those as as tag openings. That's all I wanted. We'll do it. We'll just set up a phone and record people. It'll be fine. She she won't even have to know about it. Well, we definitely don't want expensive equipment there for sure. No, just a cell phone. Don't bring the board or the or the mics. Just a cell phone. We'll just literally prop up an iPhone and do that. We It'll could do fun. that. I definitely fun. want to do it. Have you, have you seen on Instagram the videos of, this is my first drink. Yeah. I have the groom and this is my last drink. <laughs> I definitely want to do that. I want to do that with you and Christian and myself and and I, Kara, I guess, just so she can see how drunk she's going to be. So I'm excited. I'm ready. We can plan for it. Do we it. can plan for it. Anyways, we have an interview to get to on the show this week. As mentioned, I was unable to make it, but Mitty graciously took over the reins of the microphone he loved it don't let him tell you different he loved it uh 27 minutes of midi action coming your way now there as uh, tyson shushkowicz will join the show to talk a little bit about the toronto blue jays welcome back to the smitty and midi show just tyler middleton here with you but i'm excited to welcome on tyson shushkowicz who is the co-editor with jay's journal fan side and contributor at just baseball tyson thank you so much for jumping on and talking to jays with us this week yeah, thanks for having me. All right, so I'm going to talk about the first thing that kind of happened today as we record, and that's Jackie Bradley Jr. signing a major <laughs> league contract. Is this anything? What's the point? <laughs> Honestly, the it's it's kind of it's kind of a, a weird move in the sense that when you look at the current outfield, there's not really going to be major league playing time for him. You know, looking at this move, you kind of think, oh, he's he's going to be a bench player. You know, he might do the odd, you know, base running or defensive, uh, you know, defensive switch. But you kind of already have that in Bradley Zimmer. And at the same time, it's also not like, oh, well, Jackie Bradley Jr. is a lefty and Zimmer's a, a righty. And you can, you know, say it's a balance of lineup, you know, but they're both lefties. So the only thing, one thing I can think of is, you know, back in the offseason, the Blue Jays were tied to Jackie Bradley Jr., right? The, right before the, the trade deadline or excuse me, the lockout. And they ended up, you know, they traded him to the Red Sox for Hunter Renfro instead. And then the Blue Jays moved Randall Grudchuk to Colorado. So obviously the Blue Jays liked something about Jackie Redley Jr. And obviously, you know, he was in the Red Sox organization for eight years prior to getting traded to, uh, you know, to Milwaukee. So, or when he left, sorry, when he left in free agency. So there's obviously something that they like about him, whether it be, you know, even though he's, he's not performing as well this year, they, there's something that they're wanting wanting to have on that team enough so that they want to sign him and bring him in, even though you're going to have such a heavy outfield, you know, roster bench, if you will, right? Because you already have Tapia. You already have now Jackie Bradley Jr. You have Whit Merrifield who can play center field if need be. You even have, you know, Kevin Biggio who can play a corner if you need to. So either there's, like I said, there's something that they either really liked about Jackie Bradley Jr. or potentially Springer's hurt for longer or more than we think, which I wouldn't think necessarily is the thing, mostly because he just went on with elbow inflammation. Maybe they're hiding something you never know. But at the same time, he's also in the dugout. He's celebrating. He's not in a cast. He's not doing anything like that. So honestly, I think it's just once Springer gets healthy, it'll be interesting to see what the Blue Jays do because you would think Zimmer or Jackie Bradley Jr., one of them's got to go. Neither of them have options. It's, it'd have to be a DFA. Maybe they do keep him. Maybe, you know, they sink Evan Biggio down. Who knows? But it's a very, you know, we, we talked all season about having three catchers and now we have like five, six outfielders. So you, you never know. You never know, right? Yeah, the confusing thing to me was on the Jackie Bradley side because clearly there was no other team or at least no lesser team that was offering him a major league contract. There was probably a whole bunch of minor league contracts. Show us you can do this. You can get back to the majors. But he obviously didn't want to do that because, you know, who a Pittsburgh Pirates could have given him a minor league contract. And if he's something for them, he's something for them. If not, whatever. But he's also not that huge upgrade over Bradley Zimmer. I mean, offensively, sure, a little bit because he has done it. Where Bradley Zimmer has been, even at his best, he's an okay. And Jackie Bradley's kind of, he has shown the possibility to be an everyday outfielder. But right now, he's not a huge upgrade over Bradley Zimmer. You actually prefer Bradley Zimmer to run and to play the outfield. So I wonder if maybe and and Otto Lopez being sent down um kind of firms this up a little bit, but I'm I'm wondering if maybe they want a platoon of you know Tapia, uh, Zimmer and Bra- Jackie Bradley Jr. to play center field, 
when Springer's out and understanding that Springer's probably not going to be able to play the outfield very much, even when he does come back, he's going to be DHing a lot. So you have a defensive option there. You have Tapia, who's obviously your best um, extra outfield option, but he's probably going to fill in for Teoscar when he needs a, a DH day and, and Lourdes if he needs to get it off his feet or whatever. So you just have more options there. And then Mitt, Weary, Mitt Whit Merrifield is going to become more of a second baseman. Cause I think they're kind of worried about where their second base depth is right now with Espinal struggling so much and Biggio being who Biggio has been besides the first year breaking in. It, does that make sense? It, it does. It does to a point. Cause I think one thing too, and you kind of alluded to it, right? They, the Blue Jays gave him a major league deal and I'm sure he, he, you're right. He probably had some minor league deals out there, kind of similar to how uh, how we did the Gregor Polanco last year at the end of the year, right? And, you know, he was doing so well at AAA. Everyone thought, hey, you know, bring him up. Let's let's add some, you know, add him to the roster there. You know, the only thing with Jackie Bradley Jr. is, is when you look at his overall defensive placement this year, he, he has been a center fielder before. This year he's been playing a lot of right field, like predominantly, like it's almost like a 70 to 20 split, something like that. And statistically he's doing better in right in right field like he is like a seven bdrs which is you know pretty impressive for you know how much playing time he was getting and in center field he was using the negatives just barely at negative two mind you was only i think it was just under 150 innings so you you kind of again you alluded to it as well zimmer is a better defensive option in center field right he i think he's had like one miscue this year that was a that little random jump ball that he that he kind of clanked off his glove he has a little bit more speed to him than Jackie Bradley Jr. You know, Bradley Jr. doesn't have that many stolen bases this year. He, he was in the past, but, you know, he's getting a little bit older. So he, maybe he's lost a step. Who knows? Maybe they didn't want to steal. Who knows? But it's just, like I said, it's, it's a predicament in the sense the Blue Jays didn't necessarily need another outfielder, but there's something that has drawn them to say, we want Jackie Bradley Jr. Maybe, maybe over the next two weeks this is the tryout who wants to be the fifth guy if the blue jays are going to really go for the you know try and make the playoffs this year who's going to be the the fifth the fifth outfielder that we want right and you know you need with Whit merrifield he can play center field and he does a good job of it too he, he did well in minnesota i was actually down there in minnesota he was he was playing pretty well and it wasn't anywhere you were like oh it's out in the outfield admit well you know Whit merrifield's there what's going to happen it was like no he's he's there and he makes a great play. He does, you know, he's he has a solid arm. He plays second base. And I think with Espinal, you know, with how strong he started, and then he kind of, you know, started to slide a little bit, started to slide a little bit. And it's, you know, maybe they are worried about how he's going to perform in the later, you know, later on in the season. Last year he got quite a few reps, but this year he's obviously increased those reps. And with Kevin Biggio, you know, hot and cold, and you're playing first base as well. And Vladdy needs a day off. It really comes down to what they do with George Springer whether even if it's they take him out of center and they put him in right and they move to Oscar to DH or like you said, they moved Springer to DH because with, you know, with the elbow injury, it's, it's, it's a weird predicament because last year was the knee and you're like, Oh, we really don't want him out in the outfield because it's more on his feet. He's jumping around, et cetera. And with an elbow, you know, depending on, you know, which arm it is, you, you want to be careful of, oh, he's got to dive for this play. And, you know, center field, you have to cover a lot more ground. So maybe they, you know, there's always been the talk over the years of he's going to move to right field. And maybe you, you put Tapia in, in center and you have Springer DH. They have so many options. And now that they have Jackie Bradley Jr. on here, they also, they have just more to play with, right? Even though, like I said, he, maybe a change of scenery will do him some good because he has really struggled this year. But mind you, his bat is doing better than Zimmer. So, it kind of depends on what the Blue Jays want for that fifth that fifth guy. Do they want the defensive guy with a little more speed, or do they want the little bit downgrade of defense and speed, but a better bat? Tyson, my apologies. We got to head to break and hear from some of the sponsors. Tyson Shushkowicz joining me again on the other side of the Smitty Mitty Show. You're listening to Smitty Mitty Show on the TSMS Radio Network. Finances change as life changes, like when you get married or start a new job or welcome a new member to your family. Each one of them comes with their own unique financial challenge, and I'm here to help you make sense of them and keep you on the path to your financial goals. I'm Dave Middleton, your Sun Life Advisor. Send me an email to dave.middleton at sunlife.com. I'm here to help navigate life's changes. Goldline is proud to be a sponsor of the Port Elgin Chrysler 2023 Ontario Tankard and Scotties, presented by Bruce Power, coming to Saugeen Shores January 23rd to the 29th. 
When you're ready to curl like a pro, shop Goldline, the choice of champions. Now back to the Smitty and Mitty Show. Welcome back to the Smitty and Mitty Show. Let's continue the interview with Tyson Shushkowicz, editor of the Jays Journal and contributor with Just Baseball. Yeah, and I think, I think wait before he came over to Toronto, I think he'd only played center field like six times or something this year. Like, it's not like he was... It was a handful. Yeah, yeah it's it not like he was handful. predominantly a, a, a center fielder and second baseman. He played yeah. a lot more second base than he played the outfield. So maybe they just don't feel fully comfortable with him out there. And Bradley Jr., who's been around and done it and, you know, been in bigger games, maybe they just trust that a little bit more. But you're right, it's probably just a tryout. And Again, who really cares if it's Bradley Zimmer or if it's Jackie Bradley Jr.? Yeah, it's, it's a bench infielder. Right? Hopefully they're not making a huge impact on a playoff roster, oh. period, or even making a playoff roster. So <laughs> it, it, it's, <laughs> just that's, that's it's just something well, to talk about. It's just something to talk about. And that was weird, too. They didn't, you know, everyone thought, you know, oh, this is the end of Zimmer. And then they designated, you know, Matt Peacock and they sent Telez down. You're like, wow, you're going to carry a lot of outfielders. But I guess extends Zimmer stay, but <laughs> who well, knows? Yeah, they're they're obviously worried about exposing Zimmer and then somebody would somebody would take him if Jackie Bradley Jr. is yeah. a flop, uh then then they, they just look stupid, right? So they want to yeah. see what they have with Jackie Bradley before they expose Bradley Zimmer. And I mean that makes sense, especially when you have middle you have middle infield depth with its if Biggio Espinal and, and Whit Merrifield, I mean you have guys who can play the infield. So you might as well get to see what you see. But Let's talk about where Wit came from, and that's the trade deadline. Because a lot of people <laughs> at the time of the deadline, and and me included, were pretty upset with what the Jays did. Were just not. It was okay, but it wasn't. They didn't get that leverage arm. They really didn't get a solid depth piece um, for the rotation. They just kind of worked around the edges. And now, the later we get away from that trade deadline, I'm starting to switch my thinking a bit. Thinking, you know what, <laughs> New York's really good. The Astros are really good. I mean, even when you look at the NL, the Mets are really good. Like there are teams that are way better than the Jays, no matter what they did at the trade deadline. So it kind of makes sense to save some of your bigger pieces, especially if uh, Gabriel Mourinho just wasn't getting you what you think. You you don't just want to throw him away for the fact of throwing him away. He's a prospect for a reason. He was a number one prospect for a reason. Use him later, maybe in the off season where uh, you can get a little higher return for your value. And maybe the Yankees take a step back and, and the Astros take a step back with maybe not paying next year. Does that make sense? Is that kind of where are, where you are, or where are you with the trade deadline? I think with the trade deadline, I think the, you know, at first the, the headlines are dominated. It was Juan Soto is going to be traded and Shohei Otani. They're listening on offers and this player and this player. But when you have Juan Soto, who's such a generational talent and there was everyone who was like, sell the farm. Get, like, you, you can have them all. Take Bo Bichette. Like, I don't think they had know. enough for Soto. Just seeing what they got in return well, <laughs> from the Padres, I don't even know if they had enough because that was huge. Well, it was uh, Jeff Passan came out with an article today, actually, and it, it was a good article. It said, because it, it delved into the thinking of both the managers for the Padres and the Nationals. And the Nationals, you know, he even he even mentioned, you know, there's there's a point where you have to consider quantity over quality. And the Blue Jays do have, quantity but the problem is is they don't have a lot of depth higher up so if the if they're truly looking for some players higher up in triple a and double a who can make a difference this year and next it's not there as much as what the Padres had to offer and in the article as well Passan even says or in the article the Nationals say when it came down to the last week last few days it was really only the three teams in it the Padres the Dodgers and the Cardinals so at that point the Blue Jays were, weren't even a thought right so with that, everyone was, you know, so excited what's going to happen there. And then at the same time, there were so many players that could have made a difference that were potentially available and never ended up getting traded, right? Like everyone wanted, you know, Joe Jimenez and uh, he didn't get traded. Scott Barlow didn't get traded, right? And whether that's because the, uh, David Bednar never got traded, right? And these were players that you know, could potentially get traded, would be huge assets for whatever team they go to. And the Blue Jays needed needed a player like that. And then they ended up getting Anthony Bass and Zach Pop. They paid, you know, they got rid of Jordan Roshans in the process, which, you know, he's your fourth best prospect, but he wasn't playing well this year, right? And he, he was doing okay, but he wasn't hitting like they were expecting him to. And he was, and he's know, been hurt a lot. Power. He hasn't got a whole lot of work in the minors either. 
Yeah, right. He he missed that one. He missed a good chunk of the season with the ankle injury. He missed a little bit of time at the start of the year, right? And it, it was a move that was needed. And especially since, you know, Zach Pop has that contract control and Anthony Bass has another year on him. So they're not pure rentals. And we've seen players with con- contract control are worth their weight in gold, right? And that's why the that's why the Padres had to trade so much for Juan Soto. But I think Blue Jays fans initially were just, we, I, I, I'm in it too, right? Because you want so much back in order because this Blue Jays team is so, is so poised, ready for the playoffs, right? They're, they're able, they're, they're going to be a playoff team and you want them to go deep. And when you came into the trade deadline, the Blue Jays needed another bullpen arm or two, preferably one that could throw 99 and strike, strike guys out. A lefty bat would have been fantastic, right? And, uh, you know, a starter, especially since Kyan Jen Ryu is out, you can't depend on Kikuchi. And at the end of the day, we got some bullpen arms. They weren't the highest strikeout guys in the world, right? Anthony Bass had like a nine point something and Zach Pop was a little below that. But Pop throws 98 sinker and he's got trying to control. You know, Mitch White's, everyone thinks is the Ross Stripling 2.0. Ross Stripling's a free agent this year. He could easily leave. And so these moves kind of address the situation in the now in the sense that we got a bit of a starter. We didn't get, you know, the Blue Jays didn't get Noah Syndergaard or Rayso Iglesias. Syndergaard got tagged for 11 hits on his first outing with the Phillies. And they got not only players that can help him this year, but in the future moving forward, even with Merrifield. Merrifield's on contract for another two years. His That one year, the last year, uh, he has an option for 18 million. That's a mutual. So the Blue Jays are like, no, we're not, we're not doing that. It's here's your buyout goal you know, go away. So, you know, again, Ian Happ didn't get traded. He was a lefty. It's, it just ended up being a seller's market and the Blue Jays weren't willing to go. It seems like the Blue Jays weren't willing to go that high in the price. But that's and, great. Uh, yeah. that kind of That's great for me. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you look, you look at what Alex Anthopoulos did and everyone kind of, you know, kicks him while he's down or kicks him while he's up, I guess, <laughs> and, and says you traded all the prospects away, get out of town or whatever happened there. But I mean, sometimes you have to do that, but you have to do it when the situation's right. I mean, they did it at that time in 2015 when, you know, they were at 500 at the trade deadline, but they saw an opening because so many other teams are weak in the AL, in the AL East at that time. That's not the situation this year. There's a lot of strong teams in the AL, especially probably two of the best teams. So to go out and make the smaller moves, you know, you get rid of Groshans. And by the way, that Dodgers deal for Mitch White, that's why the Dodgers contend forever because those two prospects, young prospects that went back to the Dodgers, uh, from what I hear, those are very good prospects. They throw hard. They're good pitchers. Like those are guys that they're going to end up trading later for bigger pieces. That's why the Dodgers are good. They didn't need Mitch White. They got rid of him for some prospects, even though they're contending. Um, and Zach Pop, I love. And but I'm just happy they didn't go out and and spend the farm, and you know a farm that's not very strong. What are they? 19th recently, I think, in, in major league systems. Depending on which site, yeah, it's yeah. between 19 to 23. So it's not, and they're very top heavy, as you mentioned. It's it's you know the top five prospects are kind of your big ones. And then after that, you get a little bit weaker. So I, I, I don't know. I was upset at first and now I feel a little happier, but then I watched Kikuchi pitch and I think well, there's got to be a triple A guy that can pitch that well. Like I know there's a lot of money in there, but there's got to be somebody that can pitch like that, but there really isn't. If you're going to bring up Anthony K or Thomas Hatch, it's like you traded Castro away, which was your best option. Really? So you kind of have to see what he's got, especially with three years, what, 36 million? Is that what they signed him for? 34, 36, something like that? Yeah, he's, he's 16 mil and then 10, 10. So what do they do with Kikuchi? Because they can't send him anywhere, and I don't think they want to give up because the stuff is there. And like even last night started as we talk, he was not great, but he built, he got them five innings. He got like, it's not the worst outing he's had. And you kind of look at yeah. it and think, I mean, it's not great, but it, it, it's there. What do they do with Kikuchi? So you know, it's, it's a bit of a different situation right now because Ross Stripling on the IL, right? If you brought, you know, Mitch White came in, he was in, he was technically optioned because he was in the minor leagues at the time with the Dodgers and Ross Stripling was hurt. So he came in and filled in. He's still on the roster right now. And with him, with, with Stripling coming back, hopefully in the next week or so, these questions, these questions get a little bit more difficult because John Schneider's already said, you know, he's going to get more chances. Kikuchi's going to get more chances. That last start he had last night, kind of the middle of the road for him in terms of starts this year. Because the biggest thing with, with Kikuchi is that, A, he's, he's having issue with the command on his fastball, which is, you know, never a good thing. Even if he throws 96, 
you know, he was generating some whiffs, but not, not a lot, but opponents are just seeing the ball out of his hand, right? They're just, the slider's getting hit. The fastball's getting hit. He sits on the stack cast metrics. He sits like super low on XWOBA and XEXERA and hitting hard hitting percentage. Like, and those are stats you really don't want to have as a starter who needs to go deep. And that, and that hurts, right? Especially since the Blue Jays bullpen was so taxed over the weekend because the same things, right? They didn't get as deep. The starters didn't get as deep as they wanted, you know, five, six innings. And when Kikuchi goes out there and I think he's only thrown a handful of five plus innings this year, that's something that's going to hurt your team in the long run. Right. And with Kikuchi, like there's six and 13 when he starts. And that's, is that a trend? Sure. At the same time, you can also say the Blue Jays last night left a million guys on base and couldn't cash when it needed to. But at the same time, he gave up three home runs and walked three. And you're not going to win a lot of ball games if you're going to give up that hard contact and give up the free passes. But at the same time, he's a $16 million guy. He's obviously not going to get designated for assignment tomorrow, right? Like that's, that's, that's silly. No, that's not going to happen. Does he get moved to the bullpen and Mitch White get a shot? Who knows? Right? I mean, does he have another next string? Like how, how is it better in the bullpen? The, the one thing you need to do in the bullpen is work off your fastball and mix in some sliders. The slider gets pounded and he can't find the zone with the fastball. True. And, and totally. Right. And that's, and that's kind of the situation you're in because it's, it's almost like he needs not like an opener, but he needs like a designated, like almost like Mitch White needs to follow him. Right. If Kikuchi goes three or four innings, Mitch White follows and goes three or four innings, kind of like what Castillo was doing before he got traded away there. Right. It's, it's that follow-up where it's like, you know, if he doesn't go that far, great. But then you have to have a dedicated guy in the bullpen who's going to be doing that. Like you, you already have one in the long man, but then you kind of handcuff yourself. If you know, Jose Barrios with how inconsistent he's been, if he struggles in the third or fourth inning or, you know, Manoa, like any of these pitchers struggle, then you're, you know, you, you, you kind of shortcut, you kind of handcuff yourself when you're dedicating that to a player who's struggling like Kikuchi. So, you know, it maybe he, like I said, he, maybe he goes to the bullpen and he does, he, he becomes the long man and follows after the fourth, fifth inning. And cause he really, he struggles a lot in those first three innings. And then he kind of settles in kind of like you alluded to, he settled in a little bit, but it's, when you're not locating that fastball, because even last night when he was pitching up and away, trying to get the, the, the hitters to swing at it, the Orioles to swing at it, they weren't even close. And you're not going to fool major league hitters like that. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. I, he's going to get another start, maybe two more at least. And then once Ross Stripling's back, it'll be, it, it might be white heading back to the minors because he has that option, but it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what they do, especially if Mitch White comes out and pitches well in the next, in his next outing. And he's been pitching well all year. So and with uh and sorry, and with you know Alec Manoa getting or he's past what his what his career high for innings is, right? And he's so he needs to kind of take a step back a little bit. And they they've mentioned that maybe uh if they're up big in the in the fifth or sixth and he's pitching, maybe they'll just yank him early, use the bullpen, save some innings that way. But they could go to a six-man rotation, right? You put Kikuchi in the middle of probably your two, and this is weird to state two of your sturdiest pitchers, I guess. I'd like, <laughs> like, but, but like, you're not going to put them right in between Gosman and Manoa. So maybe you put him in between Stripling and, and white, and you just put him in there and you hope that Stripling can get you six. Cause I mean, Stripling has been phenomenal this year. He, he could make He's a case great. to be, he could make a case to be that third starter in a playoff series. Really? Yeah. That's see, that's a tough, that's a tough situation, right? Cause you know, Jose Barrios has that more veteran experience, but he's obviously not when, when Jose Barrios is on, he has, he's had great quality starts this year. And that's what separates him from Kikuchi is that when Jose Barrios can locate his curveball and he's hit 13 strikeouts twice this year in two different games, right? Like when he's on, he's, he's unhittable. He's, he's consistent. He gets you those outs. He might give up a run or two, but he'll get you deep and he'll strike guys out. But when he is off, like he was against the, the Brewers like a month or so ago, he gets tagged for eight runs and it's the third inning. So is that with Stripling, he doesn't get as far deep into the games, but he's been pitching well. I think it's like I, I had the stat up earlier. It was like since June 6th, since he became a starter when, when Ryu went down to the IL, like he has like a 2.3 to 5 ERA. And that's, that's incredible, right? But 
you know, those questions, obviously when it's the postseason, if, you know, if and when the Blue Jays make the postseason, you go to a three-man rotation anyway. You can maybe put Stripling back in the bullpen because he's so used to the back and forth and Jose Barrios is not, right? So it's it'll be, it'll be interesting. There's so many different things they could do. You know, they might not even have Kikuchi on the playoff roster. Who knows, right? It's all going to depend on kind of these next few starts. And then from there, you can kind of make and do with what you please from what you see on the field. Yeah, that's the thing, right? Is that you only need three playoff starters unless you go three in that first series. Then you need somebody to start that the first game of the next series. And I mean, that's great to have Stripling around. He'd probably be the guy I want. I really, like, but I don't want Kikuchi and I don't want White because Kikuchi's just going to eat up a spot on that playoff roster too. Like, I don't know. <laughs> it's just, they didn't do quite enough. It shows how the AAA starting depth is so whittled. And, and maybe Nate Pearson can come back. Maybe, um, uh, I can't think. The guy who came back in the, why can't I think of his name? Came back in the Josh Johnson deal. Uh, oh, Merriweather. Merriweather. I was, Merrifield was the only thing coming to mind. Maybe Merriweather <laughs> can get back and be kind right. of better than he was because he was terrible to start. Yeah. So maybe He's, one of those guys uh, can yeah. give you something in the bullpen too. But I'm done with counting on Nate Pearson. So I only have one time or one time for one more question. So I'm going to waste it on a Boba Sheck question. <laughs> what is the money look like for Boba Sheck? Because I feel like he's sitting back and waiting for, you know, a 200 plus million dollar contract. And I just don't know how comfortable I would be giving that much money to him, knowing there's other guys to sign. I mean, it's, a, it's an interesting question. And mostly because right now, you know, Bo Bichette went through that rough patch where he wasn't hitting as normal. But the thing to remember, too, is he's he hasn't had arbitration yet. He's already led the league or the AL in hits last year, right? Like, he's he can hit the ball. He's got that clutch factor. And then we saw it on the weekend there in Minnesota. We saw it last year when he hit that grand slam to give him the lead. It's a bit of an interesting situation because he's still, like I said, he's still got three more years to go before this potentially becomes a thing. But the thing to consider, too, is, is that how happy he is in Toronto can also be dictated by the fact that when he was given that the, the raise for player salaries, him and Manoa both said, no, nah, you, you keep your money, which is weird. I don't, I've never turned down a raise before. <laughs> so, you know, they're obviously they've had the extent they've had extension talks before. We've seen the articles or they, you know, it's it kind of hasn't gotten off the ground, but you kind of throw some numbers at it. Maybe you do some sort of, you know, maybe not a long-term deal, but maybe, yeah, we'll buy out your user arbitration and we'll go three more years, like a six-year deal, something like that. They, you know, a lot of teams do that instead of the, you know, 15-year mega deal. But it's not unreasonable to think that in a few years' time, if Bobichet goes free agency, he's easily getting 200, potentially 300 million, because when he's playing well, we can, you know, we've seen the defense. He can make those plays. Sometimes he makes he his throw doesn't get there. Maybe they move him to second base in the future uh, because they have you know maybe you, maybe a shortstop comes up like you know when Corey Seager in the in the offseason right. If Corey Seager signs with the Blue Jays, Bobuchet moves to second, right? And so with that, there's so many things that could happen before extension talks really get get going. Unless the Jays buck the trend that is what it is right now, where they they haven't signed any of their young guys to these big extensions. You know, the Tampa Bay Rays did it, uh, the, the Braves did it, and the Blue Jays just haven't yet. Now, have they tried? Who knows, right? That stuff will never, that stuff will never know. But at this time, Bobichet is it's easy to think that Bobichet's gonna get a $200 million deal right now. It's if he can keep hitting and keep playing like he is, does that potentially go up to 250 plus? That's why I, I it's hard for me to imagine them keeping all the young players because I know Rogers has deep pockets. I know they're currently <laughs> dealing with the biggest payroll that they've ever had, but whoa, like you can't sign Vladdy and Bo and, and Manoa and like, you can't sign all these people to the contracts they probably deserve and <laughs> keep them all. So that's why in my head, and this is all fantasy. I think they might've been even talking, you know, the Soto or Shohei Otani deal, and it involved one of those young players, probably Boba Shett, to get oh, that so off the roster and to bring back a player. Because, I mean, that's why I think maybe all those prospects didn't go away because they're looking to revisit maybe an Otani thing in the offseason. That's my hope. 
because it would be pretty fun to watch Vladdy and Otani together. <laughs> All right, that was Tyson Shushkowicz, uh, co-editor of the Jays Journal and fan side contributor at Just Baseball. Tyson, we really appreciate you jumping on with us. We'll have to do it again when my co-host is here next time. <laughs> yeah, no, not a problem. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Finances change as life changes, like when you get married or start a new job or welcome a new member to your family. Each one of them comes with their own unique financial challenge. And I'm here to help you make sense of them and keep you on the path to your financial goals. I'm Dave Middleton, your Sun Life Advisor. Send me an email to dave.middleton at sunlife.com. I'm here to help navigate life's changes. Goldline is proud to be a sponsor of the Port Elgin Chrysler 2023 Ontario Tankard and Scotties, presented by Bruce Power, coming to Saugeen Shores January 23rd to the 29th. When you're ready to curl like a pro, shop Goldline, the choice of champions. You're listening to the Smitty and Mitty Show. Smitty and Mitty Show back here on the TSMS Radio Network here for segment three on the radio show and on the podcast. Uh, good to be back in studio. Mitty, you handled that interview on your own and you handled it like a champion, my friend. Well, thank you. You liked it? I, I did. It was good. It was good. Listen, you could talk Blue Jays for hours on end, so I had no, no doubt in my mind that it was going to end up good. Yeah, I mean Tyson's an amazing talker, and he's 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 very knowledgeable. And we ended up talking for probably ten minutes after the interview was done, um, just you know shooting the whatever about baseball and such. And I, I might have mentioned to him that I enjoy doing some interviews by myself, so I don't have to worry about what you're going to ask, and I can just get everything off my head. But uh, yeah, I could have talked for another twenty minutes. What what was your what was the best? What do you think the best part of it was? What was there any part that you heard and you were like, I don't agree with that? Uh, well, to be honest with you, I don't agree with a lot of things you say, but I feel like I did in that one. You talked a bit. I'm trying to think when it was. It might have been fairly early on because you were talking about when did you talk about the signing of Jackie Bradley Jr.? That it was right up the top. I feel like yeah. that might have been like question one or two. Yeah, yeah, right up the top. So clearly sticks with me. Um maybe that's because that was the most recent like Jay's thing to happen. Like as we're sitting here, even recording this radio show this week, uh, that was like the kind of most recent big Jay's news. So I felt like it was something that like had to be talked about, but uh, I don't, I don't love the signing. I don't. And I think you even said that um, it makes no sense. Is it a move just to make a move? Like, or do they actually think that Jackie Bradley jr is going to make, Okay, so let me ask you this. Who cares? No one does. Like, but why does that make that a bad move? What if Jackie Bradley Jr. comes out and, well, Springer is still hurt and you want Whit Merrifield to play second a little more because your second basements are struggling, that maybe Jackie Bradley Jr. plays the solid center field, hits you 230 and hits a couple bombs and hits a whole lot of doubles because he has something like 19 doubles on the season. He has a lot of power, especially the gaps. And we know it's his just, history. We know his history. He can swing the Those doubles are pretty much the only hits he has this year. I mean, he's not flooding in hits, but he, he did get regular at bats in Boston. He is probably more of a comfortable major leaguer than, than Bradley Zimmer. And for sure, Otto Lopez. So what's what's the harm? What's the harm in signing him and seeing it, it doesn't make it a bad signing. It's it's kind of a pointless signing from the point that is he going to get playing time? But why not? Why not do that? Same with Jake McGee's out there, still a free agent, right? Left-handed power arm who we've seen close at times for the Colorado Rockies in a very bad stadium to pitch in. Why not go sign? Why not see what he has? Who not, Who cares? If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. It doesn't, it doesn't. I guess it doesn't hurt you in any way, right? If it doesn't no. work out, it doesn't work out. It's Unless you like think Bradley Zimmer is the next all-star and you need to keep it in your organization, because more than likely this ends with Bradley Jr. becoming your fifth outfielder and Zimmer getting DFA. That's probably yes. how it ends. So unless you think, unless you love Bradley Zimmer and think that he's going to be a future part of this team, then there's no point arguing with the 25th man on the roster. No, you get, If you're sitting here arguing about the 25th man on the roster, then there's worse things to argue about. I agree. We, I agree. I thought it was him, good. It was a good. We chat. saw him over the weekend, Bradley Jr. come in as a defensive replacement over Bradley Zimmer. So clearly, they're they're going to give him a little bit of runtime. I wouldn't be surprised if you actually see him get a little bit of playing time in the Blue Jays uniform. 
especially. I think you can see him start as well. Like not just the, not just that pinch hit situation or that pinch um, field situation, that defensive replacement, but he's probably going to get some starts while, while uh, Springer is down. down, I I think you'll see him start a fair amount. Right. Especially when they need Merrifield to have a day off. Cause right now, if Merrifield's getting a day off, you're, I mean, you're kind of, you're kind of SOL a little bit. It's not a bad move. Right. It just, at first you're like, why? But in the end, you're just like, yeah, like you kind of like you said, who cares? It is. That's kind of that's how you have to look at it. It's 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 who cares? Is he? He's not even a huge upgrade over Bradley Zimmer, really numbers wise. But just a guy who's been there, done that, and can and by all accounts, a very good room guy. Who he just a good guy that everyone gets along with. So I mean, I'm not saying Bradley Zimmer's not. I don't know him, but maybe that just gives you a little extra communication within the locker room too. Well, and 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 major league experience. Right. Yeah, exactly. It brings that experience to the locker room into the uh, a stretch of the season where maybe the Jays could use a little bit more veteran leadership for some of these young guys. Right. So uh, we'll see how it works out. Who knows? Maybe he'll get a lot of playing time and maybe he'll uh, impress us all. Now, if it stops them from maybe going out and getting another bullpen piece, because I think we've we've seen that this bullpen has trouble doing. How about those pesky O's? How about those Baltimore hmm. Orioles who? I mean, look like a team of the future. That bullpen is really good. Bautista is phenomenal at that back end. 102, popping the glove. A big, strong guy. They had a new entrance walk-in for him with the lights. I mean, it looked really nice. And maybe that's just the rejuvenation to a Baltimore Orioles team that they've needed ever since 2015. That was just a series I didn't like watching this past week. It just wasn't it, – it didn't look good at any point for the Blue Jays, I don't think. Late in the ball games. Midway through the ball games, you just had the feeling that the Orioles were going to do something to, to screw over the Jays, if you will. I also am just not a huge fan of Camden Yards. Like, I, and I don't think it's the field because, uh, I mean, people say that the field is very nice, but it's the fact that even when their team is in a playoff race and is, what, a half game back or a full game back right now, a playoff spot, that there's 12,000 people in the crowd. <laughs> like, Yeah, that's the, not, fans, that's not... the fans will come. I just think they're... Uh... They're still near the early stages of that rebuild. They recently actually moved back the left field wall this year at Camden Yards. Do you like that? Did you, did, I didn't actually watch a whole lot of the games, just tidbits. I don't know if it made any difference in the actual gameplay. If, if, if teams are going to change the wall and change their dimensions based on the guys they have on the roster, like if, if all of a sudden the Jays get, or are really right heavy, so they move in the left field wall, then yeah, that's a problem. But if they just did it once, knowing that, hey, this has burned us more and it's helped us, let's move this wall back, knowing we have to play there as well, then, I mean, I'm fine with it. whatever. You can do whatever you want to your dimensions. It can't be, it can't even be a once every 10 year thing. It's got to be, you know, a once every 30 year thing, which is what Camden Yards is celebrating its 30th year. Quickly here on the back half of the show, we got about five minutes before we uh, finish things off and then uh, head to break to finish off the show. Uh, speaking of things that I do not care about, the World Junior Championships on right now. Have you watched any of this hockey tournament to start this uh, week? None. And I mean, it's August. It's sunny. It's warm. It's not. the. This is what I've come to realize, I think. The World Juniors are a tradition around Christmas more it's it's more a comfort knowing that it's coming being excited the draw up the, the who's going to be on the team what other players are there you know the puck drops on on boxing day everyone's excited it's, it's a christmas tradition in canada you're it's on holidays August. right you get yeah, to exactly. sit in your pajamas all day and watch junior hockey and you're excited the whole time it's the august tradition and, and until two days ago i didn't even know that this was happening like, it's not like it was a long drawn out process of who's going to make the team. And we get those videos of knock on the door. Hey, congratulations. You're on team Canada. We didn't get any of that. I didn't see any of it. I didn't see a drop to the, to the actual tournament. What I play. Yeah. And I know it's, I mean, you can answer that. I can answer that. It's money. That's why they're playing it. So I don't have to give back their sponsorship money. But like sponsorship money from TV, I guess is all they're going to get. Because have you seen the ranks? They are empty. There ain't nobody going to watch the World Junior Championships right now. And like you said, uh, I think I saw, the first tweet I saw was the opener to the tournament being played on a Tuesday afternoon between two overseas countries, and there was probably like 200 people in the arena. 
but I feel do like you that, blame that, them? That's not not normal though for you know a, I don't even know who it was, but let's say a Sweden Slovakia game, you might like you're not going to draw too many people in the first place in, in Edmonton in August in August alone, but even on a regular like I said, tournament. I think you might get like you get more people out in the winter because a it's usually a lot of people are on vacation. B it is the tradition. You know, it's time to watch hockey. No one wants to watch hockey right now on a Tuesday afternoon. By the way, most people are working on a Tuesday afternoon. And it tends to be cheaper too when you go to the World Juniors. If you, it'll be like you can buy the Canada tickets for the seven o'clock game and you're excited for that. But they'll basically throw in some tickets for the afternoon game, whatever that is. The the huge Finland Latvia tilt, <laughs> they'll throw that in, and you can go to that game too. So there's people in the crowd. And then come to the Canada game later. I didn't even see the Canada game, to be honest. I saw they were playing Latvia. I saw Connor Bedard scored a beautiful goal to put them up one nothing. But I, I don't even know how it ended, to be honest yeah. with you. The only thing I've been – like, I saw a highlight only because it was uh, Sens prospect Ridley Gregg who scored it, right? Like, that's the only reason why I saw it because it popped up on my Twitter under a Sens page. But, like, aside from that, I haven't been following. I don't care to follow. Um, and, of course, there's a lot of people in our boat, not just because they don't care, but – because of the scandal going on right now in Hockey Canada, nobody wants to support them, right? It is, it is like that, that there's a be lot my of next people. Question. That's my next question to you is, do you think that the lack of crowd has more to do with A, it being August, or B, the scandal that's going on? But to be honest with you, I still think it has to do more with the weekday afternoon in August thing. I really do. Um but I, 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 I can understand where maybe there are some people who don't um, want to give their money to this organization right now. Cause that's where the money's going to don't kid yourselves. Hockey Canada is getting this money. Um, but I can totally understand why people might think that's the reason, but I, I guarantee you if there's uh, X amount of attendance missing 95% of that is because it's a Tuesday afternoon in August and not because of a, a boycott, even as much as people want to maybe uh, skew that way or play that, you know, play that game saying that's what it is. I, I really don't think so. If I agree with you, I, I agree. I just don't hockey is such a tradition. I don't know if anyone will ever um, not go to a world junior event solely because of the scandal. And I do like it horrific hockey Canada did some disgusting things needs to be sanctioned needs to be taken care of. Um, but these specific players weren't a part of it. Um, it's the same thing. I, I, I don't fully agree with not having Russia in the tournament. I mean, so here's, here's a weird thing for me. Russia blatantly cheats the Russian athletes dope and they're allowed into the Olympics under the ROC flag. But yet these kids had nothing to do with the war in Ukraine, most of them are far away from the war in Ukraine and don't know slash supported period, but they're not allowed to play hockey. It should be the other way around. It should, they shouldn't have been allowed in the Olympics and well, it, the, the world junior players should be allowed to play under double IHF. It may have also had something to do with the fact that weren't they the team that got kicked off a flight leaving in January because they were smoking cigarettes on the plane. Was this not the same Russian junior team? I think they were I, – I, I don't remember the whole thing, but I think they refused to put a mask on, and it was a problem. Some of them got – They get, were a problem, off. yeah. But, I mean, the, not being here is not because they <laughs> were smoking on a plane. It's because their their country is killing innocent people in Ukraine. <laughs> like, that's that's me, why they're not here. Just let me have my story my way. I think that's why. Okay. Anyways, we got to wrap things up here, go to break, and finish off things on the other side. You are listening – to the Smitty and Mitty Show here on the TSMS Radio Network and the Smitty and Mitty Show podcast. Goldline is proud to be a sponsor of the Port Elgin Chrysler 2023 Ontario Tankard and Scotties, presented by Bruce Power, coming to Saugeen Shores January 23rd to the 29th. When you're ready to curl like a pro, shop Goldline, the choice of champions. Finances change as life changes, like when you get married or start a new job or welcome a new member to your family. Each one of them comes with their own unique financial challenge, and I'm here to help you make sense of them and keep you on the path to your financial goals. I'm Dave Middleton, your Sun Life Advisor. Send me an email to dave.middleton at sunlife.com. I'm here to help navigate life's changes. 
This is the Smitty and Mitty Show. Welcome back to the Smitty Mitty Show on the TSMS Radio Network. Tyler Middleton, Noah Smith, just saying goodbye for another week. You you cut me off there, so I want to ask quickly. Do you think if this tournament was in, and the tournament being the World Junior, do you think if it was in Dallas, Texas, that Canada would have been banned from the tournament? No. I, I don't think so. I really don't. Do you? See, I, do you honestly think they would? I don't think there was any discussion about Canada not participating in a Canadian tournament because this is the only way they could draw fans. I think if it was overseas, maybe Dallas, Texas isn't the best uh, example because I mean it's North America. But if it was in Finland, uh, I, I could see the double IHF dropping a bit of a bomb on an August tournament and and saying that you are suspended from the 2022 and air quote world juniors, but will be allowed at the 2023. So it, it really wouldn't have hurt them, but it would have been safe base. I just mm-hmm. think couldn't have done it in Canada because once again, it's in August world juniors and who really cares. Right. Exactly. So think- it would have been, I, th- I think they could have just said, you know, you can't compete bad Canada and I'm not downplaying what happened. It's obviously terrible. Um, but I, the, they, they had to have Canada there at, at a tournament in Canada. Otherwise in August, they wouldn't have made any money. Exactly. So yeah, whatever money they are going to make is only because Canada's in it. So anyways, that does it for us here on the Smitty Mini Show this week. Big thank you for all of you tuning in. And of course, to our sponsors, Goldline Curling, the choice of champions and Dave Milton at Sun Life Financial in King Carden. Life is brighter under the sun. If you're listening to this right now in the Great Bruce area, that means that the Jack Dream Memorial Dirt Bowl is ongoing. So head down, check it out. Go support. They've been so good to us, and uh, we thank them once again. Mr. Middleton, pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you for doing that interview on your own. You, you really killed it. You did great. I appreciate do it. Do it whenever. Whenever you don't want to show up for an interview, as long as it's not about the Senators, we're good. Sounds good. That does it for us here on the Smitty Mitty Show this week. We will see you next week on the podcast and here on the TSMS Radio Network.